Welcome back, everybody. This is the Ball and Breakfast podcast. I'm Patrick Miller alongside Wayne Pua. Uh, we're here with you to promote, um, you know, what we what we heard and what we've been, uh, you know, most excited about when it comes to, you know, everything that happened in the NBA draft last week and everything, uh, you know, happening with free agency as we speak. So um, it is Thursday night. Uh, the You know, the free agency period opened at 6 p.m. Eastern time. and There's been a, a flurry of signings and uh, potential trade, you know, rumors, uh, but, you know, buzzing around the NBA right now with, uh, you know, Kevin Durant uh, basically, um, you know, asking for a trade out of Brooklyn. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that as well uh, a little later in the show. But, uh, you know, first off, uh, thank you to everybody who's been, you know, following us on this show. Um, you know, anything on Instagram is great. Um, if you happen to catch us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, even Spotify, we have video too. Um, you know, any sort of follows, uh, reviews are great. Um, we're on YouTube if you want to sit back, you know, even on your TV and just put us on. Uh, you know, any likes and follows and comments are great there too. Um, you know, just follow us at Balls and Breakfast um, in any of those outlets and you'll find us. Um, but yeah, keep it going. We're, we're loving the energy from from everybody who's you know, been follow along, but, uh, I guess with that, um, you know, we'll, we'll start the episode tonight. We're going to look back at the NBA draft, um, that happened last Thursday. Uh, just wanted to first ask Wayne, um, was there any pick or just team in general that you really liked and, and just one that you want to talk about to, to kick us off? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Pat. I think the, I, I, I was trying to see Twitter, if they were seeing the same thing, I'm like, this Detroit Pistons team, man, like, holy cow, they got uh, Ivy and a Duran, and it's like they, they, I think they only gave up like a first runner for the, in the future for Duran. So it's like they have really improved their team. They just uh, re-signed Bagley too. So like from one to five, even their bench, like you, they, they, they seem like they have a really good squad. I think young squad within the next couple of years could probably be contenders. So we'll see how they perform this coming season, but you have to like what the moves that they're making right now. Um, a lot of great young talent, like almost to akin of like the same level of like the, the OKC thunder, uh, maybe just not as many first round draft picks and all that, but they have been accumulating uh, some good draft capital and have, and have been utilizing them. Uh, these were really good draft picks. I think, uh, I think Ivy compliments uh, Kate Cunningham a lot, uh, really well i would say uh you know in terms of like k coming has he's definitely kind of a finesse player more so a little bit and then ivy's that explosive one so i feel like they they definitely complement each other on the backcourt mixed in with like sadiq bay uh and then yeah like bagley as well um i mean this is this is going to be a very talented team i think uh for years to come that we're seeing right now so and adding a couple in free agents here and there i, I think that they'll be a, a solid team in the future I, I totally agree. I mean, they're at the top of my list. Um, you know, to add on to what you're saying, I mean, just the fact that they have the most cap space available of any any NBA team right now, it's it's kind of uh, you know, if you're gonna cast it out maybe, I don't know, three years into the future, you never know with the Eastern Conference. But, you know, if you cast this out three years into the future, you got everybody under contract, they're all growing and, and playing together, getting to know each other, you start building that chemistry. Um, you never know what could happen. And, you know, like you're saying, I mean, Jaden Ivey was probably my favorite player in this draft. Um, you know, it's hard to pass up on the three power forwards that went one, two, three, um, you know, Keegan Murray, we'll see. I mean, I, th- I still think he's a quality player, but you know, when you're getting comps to John Morant, um, you know, like we covered in our last episode with, with Jaden, just like, 
that's an easy pick for Detroit, and they're just smiling. They're just like, okay, no pressure on us. We just take the best guy off the board, and they did. Um, you know, Jalen Duran. It's it's nice because you know, he's getting comps of uh, of a Robert Williams type. He's almost like yeah, high energy defender, rim protector, um, just really good athlete. I mean, he's going to just really work well with that team. I think they're going to be really fast. Um, you know, play really high energy basketball. Um, they'll probably go through their their struggles. You know, starting next season, um, you know, really start to, you know, um, you know, pay their dues in the league. But you know, they got a really bright future to look forward to. And uh, you know, Dwayne Casey did a great job with the Raptors before Nick Nurse got there, and I just think he's the right coach uh, for these for these guys. Yeah, for sure. I think Dwayne Casey is an excellent coach. He he has a thing for like grooming young talent and being able to like turn them into men, essentially, right? So it's like. All right, I'll take you when you're 18, 19 years old, trying to learn the game a little bit, um, provide some structure, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. I, 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 it, w- it would be nice to see uh, Casey get like a championship or you know be a, be with a contending team. Uh, I, I think you know, kind of felt like he got shafted a little bit in, in Toronto, right? But you know, hey, they were able to win a chip afterwards, so can't knock him for that. But yeah, if they're able to like develop uh, into contenders and uh, with Casey, that would be awesome to see. So. Um, but yeah, who, uh, who's your, who's your, uh, winner of the NBA draft, uh, that you have right now? And I'll also give it to Houston. Um, love what they did. I mean, Jabari Smith was my, if it wasn't Ivy Jabari Smith's right there. When you hear of a guy who, you know, saying six ten is raining threes, probably the best shooter, you know, uh, maybe arguably with, I heard AJ Griffin's also on the same level, but it's like, you got a guy who's six ten hitting threes, um, you know, you, you plug that kind of guy into any lineup, he's going to be, you know, playable. Um, he almost reminds me like a Chris Bosch type, but, you know, to have Jabari Smith paired with, um, you know, Jalen Green, and then you got Kevin Porter Jr. Um, Alperin Shengun is a young center from Turkey that they just drafted, you know, the year before. So you have him and then, you know, kind of go later in the draft and you get Tari Eason, who we both projected to go to Houston. And then you get Ty Ty Washington, who was also like a top 20 prospect in a trade they pretty much established like a really solid young core. Um, and, you know, they, they made that trade with Harden. They were kind of, you know, forced against, you know, their will to, to get rid of them. I think they've just done an amazing job of spinning this around and making it into a, you know, a viable uh, contender for the future. I mean, obviously, you know, like Detroit, they're going to get banged around a little bit, I think in these, you know, maybe next two seasons. Um, but it's not to say they can't be, you know, fighting for a play-in tournament maybe the year after, you know, this next one. So I'm, uh, you know, really excited for what the future holds for them. I think they've got, you know, the right mix of guys in place. And, uh, you know, when they get a little bit more cap money too, I think they just bought out John Wall. So it's like, once you get through all of that hardship, you're going to have money to spend. You got the right pieces in place. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I definitely see the trend for the NBA, right? It's like, you know, we hate the middle ground. Like you can, you can only have like, a bunch of young talent and then, and then groom them up and then, uh, you know, suck for a couple of years, like maybe kind of go like the 76ers route with the whole process, but you know, not totally screw it up. Right. <laughs> like, you know, maybe we do get Tatum instead of Fultz, right. Stuff like that. Right. But I, 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 I do like the pick that they have with Jabari Smith. Like I think he shot like 40% from three and all that, which is awesome. So I think he pairs up well with, uh, with Jalen green there. Um, so it, it is great that they're building a kind of a young nucleus over there. Um, and, you know, I, I, I definitely see them uh, kind of going maybe the same 
uh, trajectory as the Detroit Pistons, just in, you know, the amount of talent that they're accumulating. And, you know, yeah, if they get, you know, some, uh, some more veteran players here and there, uh, once, once you know, they, uh, those veterans can see that, Hey, there's something building up over there in Houston, then that is definitely one way to go. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely excited to see that, um, that team, uh, just kind of move forth, uh, from where they were at. So, um, I think my next winner is uh, it's you know a lot of people are like oh yeah let's 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 pull out the big names like the big lottery picks I'm gonna go with Memphis <laughs> okay you know I I think I saw like a graph of like or like a little chart of their previous like top five picks and they're like they're all they're all like starters like big contributors right now right um with like Desmond Bain and 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 well yeah like everyone else on on there so um. I, I think uh, so. They got like Jake Laravia uh, and David Roddy, who are like two kind of like power forwards, modern day power forwards. Uh, you know, I think Roddy's kind of like built like PJ Tucker essentially. Uh, I think he shot like forty percent from three. He's like six five, two fifty, so like built like a tight end. Um, so like really interesting uh, uh, picks here. I think, but I think that they, they fit the team really well for what they need. Um, so, you know, just versatile forwards right now, uh, which, you know, Hey, that's the game. That's the name of the game is just getting those wings uh, to how to play defense or shoot or do a little bit of both. Right. So I, I think those are really solid picks for them uh, to move forth and, and build upon. Um, and Hey, if they're anything like their previous picks too, then uh, you know, they, they got some winners there. So that's, that was my kind of like, you know, I, I kind of liked their picks that they had there. And um, I think, uh, you know, if their track record shows it, I think they'll pan out. So, Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, from the scattering report of LaRavia and Roddy, uh, it seemed like LaRavia, they were saying, is more like a Harrison Barnes type. And then you've got Roddy is more like a Grant Williams type. If those are two players that you just drafted. Or, you know, obviously maybe that's their upside or their potential or something. Sure. Those are those are good molds of players to have on on playoff teams, especially ones that are like Memphis that are, you know, ready to compete for championships as we saw last year. And um, you know, with them down Jaron Jackson for four to six months now with you know him getting mm-hmm. foot surgery. Those are two guys who get a really nice audition with that team. And, you know, it's almost like they um I don't know how to put it. It's like they're good enough where if, if these players don't essentially pan out, they still they're they're good shots to take. Like you, you may as well just like you know, juice them as much as possible in, you know, that first half of the season and just see what you have. And, you know, they might fall, they might land, they might be those difference makers that you need, you know, provide really good minutes off the bench, high energy, um, young guys that'll fit into, you know, a young championship like nucleus. So I think that's a good um, kind of like a sleeper winner to throw out there for, uh, for, you know, draft listeners. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, I, I think I, I do agree with your point. If you're a contender in the late, in the late rounds, like you might as well shoot for players that um, can either contribute or like are just long shots and you think they have their full potential. You know, you look at kind of like what San Antonio did with, uh, you know, getting uh, Tony Parker or like even the Bulls, like, you know, Jimmy Butler like was a bull and he, he was the 30th pick, I think in his draft or whatever. And it was like, I think it turns out like I, I forget who's in the draft that he was in, but I think he's like one of the best players in that draft or the best player in that draft. So it's like, okay, uh, they, they, they got a winner there. So yeah, take your shots, see, see what happens. And, you know, if you can find a player that fits your culture, great, you know? So, yeah. It also seemed like Roddy slid a little bit um, based on where he was projected to go. So it almost seemed like 
you're just taking them at you know the second round was 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 probably an easy choice for them too. Kind of like okay, we had our eye on him maybe in the first round with that same pick. Now we get him in the second round. So you know, yeah. good on them. Good on them for grabbing um you know the guys they want. They've done a really nice job at establishing uh you know that team in, in a short amount of time. Yeah, for sure. All right, who, who you got next? Next, I'm going to go negative. Uh, I mean, everybody's talking about the New York Knicks. I'm just going to dump on them because I just thought that was a really <laughs> head-scratching type move. I mean, I had my eye on them you know, making the trade to get up to uh, you know the fourth pick to grab Jaden Ivey, which would have made a lot of sense. But you know, Nick signed uh, you know Jalen Brunson's dad to be an assistant coach who used to work with Tom Thibodeau. So the, the writing was kind of on the wall there that they would get their point guard. Um, I think the problem with that is just based on where that team is currently at, they need assets now. It's not like you go out and sign Jalen Brunson, you're waiting, you know, three years to build a championship contender. It's like you need things now. So it's weird that they traded, you know, that eleven number 11 pick for three, you know, lottery protected picks that may not convey in next year's. It's like, so you're kicking the can down the road, but you're trying to keep RJ Barrett happy in a walk year. You got Julius Randle, who, who knows how many more, like, like 2010, 18, 10 seasons he might have left in his, in his, you know, bag there. And then you get Brunson who, you know, we can go into the free agency talk when we want. Um, I like Brunson. He's a good player. It's just like, why not just like hold your pick, grab Duran, grab Agbaji, grab Mark Williams, grab AJ Griffin. There's a lot of great players that were, you know, kind of in that spot that'd be starters for you tomorrow, you know, where it's like, it's just like a little head scratching. And I know, you know, New York, Nick fans have already kind of voiced themselves like analysts all over the panel have, have voiced themselves. But when I was actually watching that draft, I was, I was super surprised because I was just, um, you know, I had to understand, okay, what are those three first round picks really about? And, um, you know, I was just waiting for them to make that trade to four to grab Ivy. So um, just a little confusing for me. I don't know how you felt, but um, yeah, it's definitely a loser in my, in my, my uh, opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with that. They're actually one of my losers here too. I, it it does, it just didn't make sense what they were trying to do exactly. I, you know, I, I like, yeah, like you said, but they have heavily protected first rounders. So it's like, you know, you're not really shooting for the, like you're not training your your first rounders for like potential first rounders in the future for like some, uh, you know, potential like lottery pick or something like that, that could, you know, turn into like a top five pick or something like that. It's much more about, Oh yeah, we're gonna get you know, yeah. You, you're most likely uh, in that 15 ish range, right? Gonna get like uh, role players or contributors more, so not necessarily like all stars. So it's like, what exactly you're trying to do with um, uh, kind of yeah, kicking the can down uh, down the road a little bit there. So as opposed to trying to getting a splash pick uh, such as a, a an Ivy of some sort. Um, I was more so of like you know, he had they had AJ Griffin. Uh, who I, you know, both you think you and I like uh, Mark Williams there. And then Duran, I was like, you could, they could have used all those players right now. So, and you know, they, they, they didn't. Uh, so it's, it's like, you know, yeah. Like uh, uh, um, Brunson's a great player. I, I, I think he's great, but then it's like, how much did they sacrifice just to sign this guy? Like it's, it blows my mind. Like it, it's like, they, you know, not, it's not Dejounte Murray. It's it's Brunson. So like, you right. know, they were like restructuring contracts, trading away players, like for Brunson, <laughs> good yeah. solid player. But like, you're literally changing your franchise basically for this one guy. 
And I'm like, he better like ball like Curry or something like that. Cause I feel like then they're just way over exaggerating his talent. Maybe it's his dad that's hyping him up. I don't know. So yeah. It's it's like he's a good fit. Like, could he be Fred Van Vliet? Like, sure. Like, you got Van Vliet now. It's like it's good, but it's like it's not enough in the Eastern Conference. And it's not enough when you, you know, trade another, you know, chip and you know, who knows what they'll do with some of their cap space. I mean, they've got some good cap space here. Maybe they can play with it, but it's like, we'll get into free agency in a second, but it's like, there's not really like a a lot of game changers left on the board, uh, you know, for them to go after this season. So, you know, are you kicking it for next year, the year? That's what we're trying to get into. It's like, we're making these big moves now. You need to kind of make them now, but they're not. So that's where it gets kind of confusing as to, you know, where they're going to end up after, you know, this whole off season is over with. Yeah, no, I, it's it's one of those things like uh and i'll i'll talk talk about my next uh draft loser here uh sure. in a bit but it's <clears> like it's 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 one of those things of bad organizations or subpar organizations do subpar things such as this so it's like you know hey maybe one of those picks in the first rounds that are like are probably going to be like the teens or or 20s right maybe one of them do pan out because next like a drafting uh you know lottery talent or they just don't want to uh, if that's the case, then uh, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. But, um, you know, my next team that I have as a loser consistently does this, consistently does this. Uh, and that's the, the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I, yeah. it, it's one of those like, okay, they got Murray. Like, you know, I, and I actually, I actually had them predicting, I predicted that they got Murray. Uh, you know, so I, I kind of foresaw this that they were going to draft for need more so rather than for, you know, who the best available player is. Um, and it's like, if that's who they wanted, they could have traded back, you know, they could have maybe got more capital. Like I, I think I read somewhere that, uh, that the, when Ivy was there, um, was it with the fifth pick then like they, they got a bunch of people like Detroit got a bunch of people like uh, messaging them or e- emailing them or, or calling them just of like, Hey, can we trade this pick? They think they had like half the teams in the in the league or something like that. Um, just we're asking them, hey, you know, we would love to have them, but you know, I, I think the Pistons were smart enough to be like, no, we'll, we'll take him. So if that's the case, then why not trade back? Why not get more draft capital or see if you can get a player and, and or anything like that to to trade back a little bit and yeah, get that fit for yourself. Uh, whether it had been like Murray, because you know maybe hey Murray would have gone to the Pistons, but um murray or some of the other uh, players out there um that th- th- there were a lot of wings that went in the first round it's like is that really the best you can do with regards to that position so um i get that they maybe had some sort of remorse of getting halliburton and like oh we don't want fox to be like complaining about having so many guards and davian mitchell and all that um but it's like get the best of all players figure it out and then move on from there you know, that's what the Golden State Warriors did, right, when they drafted Curry, even though they had Monta Ellis there, right? You know, two players that kind of need the ball in their hands are just, you know, are scorers, right? And they have similar traits and aspects. So it's like, yeah, you best, you, you draft the best available player, figure out uh, the rest from there. Um, if that didn't happen, then, hey, Curry would have been a Nick, right? I think is what the, the, the talk of the town was. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. I mean, I just feel like, you know, 
they got tired of drafting point guards. It's basically what it came down to it's like, you know, they went after they got Davian Mitchell. You know, Halburn did work out. They just traded him. You know, instead of Davian Mitchell, it's like they keep they keep making mistakes in in just like how they go about uh, p- picking players and keeping players, and then kind of you know, I think I think maybe they overthought this one. It was kind of like, well, this would be our fourth straight year, you know, or third straight year drafting another point guard. We don't want to be, you know, labeled as the fools of this year's draft. And, you know, by avoiding that, they they ended up kind of becoming some of the fools. So it's kind of like, you know, Davian Mitchell wasn't a world beater last year. Um, could have definitely gone Ivy, although, you know, Ivy came out and said, I don't want to play for Sacramento, which still, it's fine. It's like going ahead with what you're saying. It's like, okay, we get that. We're still going to draft you, and then we're just going to trade you. It's like a Chris Weber situation. It's like, you're that good, man. Sorry. Uh, we're taking you, and we'll figure out how much we can get for you. And it's like, I wish they kind of would have done that. It's like, I don't get why these NBA teams think that they have to make a decision within, you know, the two minutes that they're on the draft clock. It's just like, go pick the best player and sit on it for three months. If you need to just do what, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers did with Ben Simmons this year. It's like, just sit on them all year and just like figure it out when you need to figure it out. You know, like I just don't get it. So, I mean, I just think that comes with, uh, you know, maybe the, uh, you know, the, the executive prowess they've got in the front office there, it just kind of comes down to like, you know, how they go about, you know, wheeling and dealing or whatever else. Maybe they always feel like they don't have enough leverage in some of these deals with other like, you know, execs or something. So like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to get bullied over, you know, and somebody's going to take one of our best players. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's really confusing. Uh, could Keegan Murray turn out to be like, you know, next Jeremy Grant, like maybe, and you know, maybe that's good enough. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that plays, maybe Ivy isn't Morant. He, you know, more or less turns into, you know, today's version of Derrick Rose. Like, we don't know, but you know, at the time where you have that kind of, uh, you know, the stock ticker is moving up on Jaden Ivy, people are talking about him, like being the next John Morant. It's like, you got to cash in, man. You can't, you got to make that move. And uh, yeah, it's pretty foolish. Uh, so I agree with you on that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, yeah. Shout out to AJ Griffin uh, as a, Man, the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, I love it. When I saw that. And now they got what? Uh, they got um, DeJounte Murray. So, like, they have a bunch of playmakers at the guard spot. And then putting in Griffin, who I think he shot, like, 50% from spot of three-pointers. And I'm like, they're going to go nuts, I feel like, with uh, Bogdanovich, uh, Capella. I mean, that team is stacked. DeAndre Hunter, like. I I I would be silently cheering for them just because I mean yeah they got they got my guy AJ Griffin but like I am impressed <laughs> I'm impressed by what they've been able to construct over there so another shout out to them uh, for getting that I think for me was like a draft day steal um, at was it 16 or whatever there so but yeah agreed and that was kind of my next point as we kind of move into free agency um, just talking about the Hawks and the Spurs trade because. I'm with you. I mean, to get DeJounte Murray, even if you got to give up three first round picks, I mean, it's a heavy you know, price to pay. But when you're getting a guy who's, um, you know, 25 or under, you know, putting up 19, eight, nine or whatever it was last year, he's six, four great defender, um, yeah. you know, good length and, you know, wingspan, things like that. It's like, he'll take all of that defensive pressure off of Trey young, but he's also a great score facilitator. It's another great guy to throw in that group of young players. It's like, you know, we didn't get to see DeAndre Hunter uh, last year, and 
you know, I live in Virginia, so like he's a former Cavalier, but he was like, you know, part of the national championship team, just a really important part of that of that core. And he was pretty much out, you know, the majority of last of the last year. So it's like you throw him back. Um, you know, they even got Herder, John Collins, uh, you know, Clint Capella. I mean, that's that's a solid eight. That's a solid eight nine. You know, rotation you got going there. And you know, we were kind of talking about him in the play on playing tournament. Um, you know, predictions video that we put together is just kind of like the Hawks made it to the Eastern conference finals, you know, the year prior. And it's like, yeah, they, they did kind of falter a little bit, you know, this past season, but I think they totally redeemed themselves with that Murray trade. I think that's uh super smart on them. I mean, yeah, the, the those picks down the road are going to hurt, but this is a, this is a good time to push your chips into the center. Yeah, no, I mean, they have enough young talent. It's one of those like, okay, uh, you know, if you have a bunch of 23-year-olds, right, or 24-year-olds, uh, which you know, they, they definitely have a lot of young talent like that, um, like, why why would we want to get more, like, 21-year-olds or 19-year-olds, right, um, uh, at this point? I feel like they want to surround themselves with, yeah, sure, get some young talent like an AJ Griffin, uh, but they have, I think they just have enough pieces there to be like, okay, you know, we're going to re-sign some of these people. Um, and then Rose are going to, you know, get some veteran presences to like fill out some of the holes a little bit more. So I, I think that's more so the route that they want to be going right now. Um, and it's, it seems like they're progressing. So I'm really impressed by the off season so far that they have. We'll see what the next couple of days hold. Uh, you know, John Collins might be in the move, but there's been a lot of rumors for that. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just really impressed by, by the team that they've been putting together for here and, um, hey, maybe they make the, the the conference finals next season or, you know, maybe more. So, but we'll see with regards to all this and how things transpire and where KD goes, huh? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, I mean, that's probably the next thing up on our list. I mean, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm totally happy to talk about this because it's, let's go. It's, it's just, I mean, it's, so where do we start? I mean, it's like, <laughs> for those that obviously, I mean, I think everybody now in the, world kind of knows what he wants to do but just kind of leaving brooklyn um he needs to leave via trade because he's under a four-year contract but they uh they offered you know basically agreed to Kyrie's one year uh 36.5 million dollar player option so it's kind of like there's a lot of things that need to be kind of settled in brooklyn uh, as far as what they're going to do with these players and how these pieces are all going to fit but but Katie kind of threw a wrench in the plan today because I think he was the most important person to consult in all of this. And uh, he just kind of blew up the plan and said, you know, I'm done with this. So I don't, I don't necessarily blame the guy. Um, I just think it's kind of funny because, and yeah, there's a lot of different tangents we can go on with this, but I, I read a report that like Katie might be interested in teaming with Kyrie if they go somewhere else. I was just like, this just sounds just sounds so petty. Like this sounds so petty. Like okay, so because Brooklyn management had some backbone and was like, no, we're just, we're not just going to bend over and give Kyrie the max. Like we're actually going to make this guy play basketball. And we're actually make him prove it a little bit. Like because he's just been MIA for the last three seasons. It's like I was like you know like applause to you like Brooklyn front office for actually having some you know some balls here. And it's just like to hear that Katie would request the trade and there's a possibility that, you know, he might want to land with Kyrie somewhere else. I'm like, but KD, look at what you have in Brooklyn right now. It's pretty solid. Like you got your boy Kyrie, you got Ben Simmons, you got, you know, Seth Curry, Joe Harris is going to come back from injury. You know, you just signed Nick Claxton, Patty Mills. It's like, 
all right, that that to me sounds like a championship contender if you guys all commit and like want to give this a shot. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's my 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 first initial thoughts off the bat. I've heard some teams thrown around here and there, but but what do you think or or what do you want to throw out there? I mean, my respect for Kevin Durant. So, and I think we talked about this before on like previous podcast episodes. Like, he's got to be like one of the most talented players on earth, right? Like. There's a reason why he gets paid the big bucks. There's a reason why, you know, we're talking about him, talking shit about him for just like, what are you doing, man? Um, you know, it was definitely one of those, like, I think a lot of people saw a different light of him or thought differently of him when he left OKC to go to the Warriors, right? Um, and I think the funny thing is, like, I'm seeing – Oh, you know who has a bunch of like draft capital that could probably trade for uh, Kevin Durant? OKC, you know. So <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that be hilarious if, if he goes back to uh, you know to to the homeland to the team that drafted him, similar to I guess what LeBron did uh, with Cleveland. Although with Cleveland, it's like he that's like his home home. So but I think Durant's from the DC area, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like. What what are you doing, Duran? Do you have any perseverance whatsoever? Are you just a bailer? Because all 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 we all we see from you is that you just want to bail when things get tough. Um, and to us, that's pathetic. Like that's that's sorry. Uh, you know, you're if if you're supposed to be the top NBA player, you're, if you know people are debating between you and Steph Curry as a top ten NBA player or you know fringe top ten NBA player. Um, you know, the things that you're pulling off right now uh, make you look weak as hell. So, you know, yeah, maybe you can score one-on-one with any player alive or, or previously too. Like he's what seven foot and has all the skill in the world, which, Hey, that's great. But then at the same time, um, no, no perseverance whatsoever. When it, things get tough, uh, you know, no leadership that he's showing to kind of just wrangle people in and get them going uh he's just bailing if that's the case then hey you know great you're making money you're you're doing you're, you're doing all that and um you're you're probably still going to be the best player you know next season or one of the top three best players next season right um arguably so but at the same time what the hell are you doing um so but yeah like with regards to i guess the teams i'm hearing right it's like phoenix i'm i'm seeing lodge put out there in miami and some other i think i saw one fun one of um uh you know trading durant and irving to the lakers somehow uh which i mean that's that'd be funny as hell right just getting these uh two guys and that's like oh yeah irving you know you met lebron right uh so i i that would be hilarious that happens uh, I mean, I don't think so. It's probably not practical. I don't think they have as many assets. And from my understanding, the Nets have, you know, some, a lot of the cards in their favor with regards to what they can ask for. So um, just given their the contract situations more so. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting what happens. Uh, but, yeah, it's just weak. It's just weak. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> it's just kind of like if you go down, you know, just – the teams that you put out there so far with Phoenix, it's like, you know, what happens if Chris Paul gets injured this year? So, <laughs> you know, are you, are you demanding a trade after next year? Cause there probably aren't many more good Chris Paul years after this next one. Um, you know, if he plays a full one and they go at it, maybe they win a championship or something of the sort. Um, LA again, it's like, 
with Kyrie and you join LeBron. Um, yeah, I don't want to. I don't even want to say that's like a sure thing that they go all the way because it's like LeBron missed almost thirty games last year. So um, I, I'm curious to like how many, how many like more championship seasons you have left with LeBron even. But I mean, what's the what's the plot around a Kevin Durant move to LA to join LeBron? It's the same plot of you going to Golden State and joining Steph Clay. It's like. You're not. You're still not understanding, like, <laughs> your you, kind of your own story, or like how you're you creating your own narrative. When you went to Brooklyn, you know it got criticized because you left a championship team, but it was like at least you're going out to kind of establish your own thing and like to prove every to everybody, like you are a leader. You are a leader on a championship team, and it's like by kind of forcing his way out, even when things are starting to move into place again, it's like. He's kind of just throwing up the white flag again, like you're saying. It's just like it's it's it seems like a very much like a panic bailout type move, and you know, kind of a quick, um, you know, instant gratification type solution that he's going to be looking for for every season that'll be in the NBA from here on going forward. It just kind of seems like what his DNA is. So, you know, it's frustrating. I, I, I think the Phoenix thing. Um, you know, we just look at pieces and parts makes a lot of sense. Like when I first heard that he demanded a trade, it was. Like, like my first thought was going to Phoenix. I was like, wow, because DeAndre Ayton's out, you know, looking for a deal. And it sounds like a lot of, you know, teams that might have been interested, you know, early on, like a Detroit has now kind of pulled back a little bit. You know, Detroit said they want to stick with Duran and kind of use their cap space to take on more picks and like, you know, bad contracts. So it's kind of like they've got their um, strategy all figured out. So I was mm-hmm. like, where could this guy go? And it's, he's a talent on his own. He's got put up 17 and 10 last year. It's like, he's 23 or something. So it's like, this is a future star. And like, people just aren't giving him the right you know, respect. I don't think so. It's like, you know, if you were to trade KD to Phoenix and you get Aiton bridges, um, Cam Johnson, I think they've thrown out there. I mean, they want a lot of picks too. I mean, to me, I think that's, I think that's a pretty, that's, that's a pretty solid deal. If you're Brooklyn, um, I've heard that Brooklyn wants two all-stars at this point um, in return for KD, which is like good on them. Like good on them to just be like, Hey, we got Kevin Durant on four-year contract. Like you're going to give us everything, you know, like, yeah. so start the bidding high, which is what Sacramento needs to learn you know, <laughs> in these kinds of situations. Like, Hey, you got KD, like, like you should be asking for the moon, but uh, where they, where they may land on this, like a Phoenix, situation might be the right move for Brooklyn but, mm-hmm. but what do you what do you think I guess from yeah you know just your own thoughts of like what teams could offer and like what do you think is like the most feasible landing spot for him yeah I mean in terms of I think what he wants sure Phoenix you know with uh, the young talents of of Devin Booker and then what, whatever is left with Chris Paul there um and then I'm sure they can plug in some sort of center uh piece in there as well so um, I, I think I was reading though. I saw, I was like, I'm just been over Twitter and I just, I try to take these, these tweets with a grain of salt, but I, I think I saw somebody that was kind of verified or I think he was like a host, uh, for like a Phoenix, um, area sports, uh, radio show or something, but, um, saying that, uh, uh, the, the Nets don't want Aiden. So I'm thinking that they probably want to have right now is kind of happening is that they're trying to factor in like a third team in there uh with some assets so i don't know what that all look like you know we're just trying to figure out because two teams to you know who which players fit where but um yeah i'm, I'm anticipating because to me it makes sense 
uh, more so with the Aiden uh, trade factor with the value that he provides a young center talent who has a lot more potential. Um, you know, he was definitely not, uh, he was kind of like a rim runner more so when he was with the Suns. And I remember him shooting threes at a fairly like decent rate when he was in Arizona. So like, he's got a lot more game than I think what was showcased uh, with the Suns. So um, granted, like he didn't do too much in the playoffs uh, when Chris Paul was out. And you know, that was a little, I guess, disheartening. He didn't really show up as much as he, as he could. So, and I think that's definitely where, what I've heard is that uh, where Monty Williams and him kind of just like this kind of tarnished the relationship a little bit. So, um, but you know, if that's the case, like he's, he's, you know, this is the guy that got picked uh picked ahead of Doncic and Trey Young. So, you know, there's a, definitely a lot of, um, I guess, hype that, that went with him. And, you know, I, I definitely liked him um, coming out of college. I was kind of hoping that he dropped the bulls. Uh, you know, we got uh, Wendell Carter instead and all that, but obviously, you know, he was the number one pick. So, um, but he's an ultra talented player, really good defensively, has some good skill set, uh, can shoot the ball a little bit. I think he just you needs some work there and you know, maybe need, need, needs to mature a little bit to develop some mental toughness. Like he's still young and all that too. So, um, but you know, yeah, like him as a trade asset, I think with KD and then factoring maybe a third team, I think probably seems the most realistic if it is true that the Nets don't want Aiden or do we keep him for whatever future plans that they have. Um, you know, if maybe they want, maybe they do want to get younger with, uh, you know, cheaper contracts and see how that goes. So if that's the case then. Yeah. Let's see what, uh, other third, third teams can offer maybe a fourth team. Who knows? This is definitely, this could definitely be a big deal uh, with someone as uh, big as Katie in that contract and what he has to offer. So. Yeah. Um, and I've heard, I've heard half the teams in the league are basically have already made offers to Brooklyn and Brooklyn basically told Phoenix, like you have to do better than, a package around Aiton, uh, Bridges, and et cetera, because we've we've gotten better, de- you know, better offers at this point. Um, I don't know how much leverage KD has. Like, obviously, if like, you know, um, let me think of a really crappy team. Like, if the Wizards came in and were like, "Hey, like, we got the winning deal. Like, KD, do you want to come play with us?" And like, yeah, maybe he's going to push back and say, "Like, I'll retire." <laughs> like, I don't know what what it's like <laughs> what, what he can really say. Like, if something like that was to happen, but uh. You know, um, I think some other scenarios, I mean, I've heard the Portland speculation is just like, yeah, he'd be a great fit with Dame, but like, who are they going to trade? And then like, what's going to be left? Like, sorry, but like a Dame Durant thing's not going to, not going to win at all. Um, for Boston, it's kind of like maybe similar to Portland in that sense where it's like, they may have some pieces with like a Jalen Brown, but you know, Tatum and Durant would be interesting. It's just kind of like, I don't know. It, uh, it kind of seems like, you know, unless there's like some new super team that forms from this, like if, if Durant somehow found him, found his way to like the Clippers or something, I could see it being like, Oh crap. Like, you know, if you were to have like a healthy Kawhi, Paul George and, and Durant, um, you know, that that's pretty crazy, but it'll be interesting. Cause I mean, Brooklyn's honestly like rolling up their sleeves are saying like, Hey, you know, you guys are going to fork over some pretty, you know, a, a pretty, pretty packaged to us to make us, you know, want to part with Durant. And, uh, you know, those are just some, some thoughts, some ideas. Um, you know, I have one other team in my mind that I'm thinking about, but, uh, is there anything else on this, on this Durant subject that we haven't covered or like any other teams that you were thinking about? The balls. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Why not? I mean, what, what would yeah. the Bulls give up? What would we have to give up though? Let's, let's, let's break this down. 
I mean, we probably have to get rid of a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my guy Patrick Williams, which mm-hmm. I mean, if you know, I, I think I've said no to uh, Rudy Gobert with regards to Patrick Williams there, but Kevin Durant done. Like, yeah, that's a player you, you, you get. So with Patrick Williams, so if, if they're, if they're willing, you know, Hey, let's do it. Let's like, might be like a Patrick Williams, uh, you know, uh, Kobe white, I don't know, whatever first round picks we have left. And, uh, you know, maybe Vucevic, I don't know. Hey, you know, he, Vucevic was an all-star. So if they want to, uh, two all-stars in a way, or one all-star, one future all-star, maybe that is a deal, uh, to look forward and just have, Build around uh, Zach Levine, who uh, looks like he's going to be resigning with the Bulls. Um, DeRozan, who's you know he's he's only getting older there, and then and then Durant, you know that that could be something that really definitely pushes up the Bulls timeline a lot. Uh, you know, especially for getting rid of uh, Patrick Williams and and Kobe White there, um, two of your you know young, young star players uh, there. Um, but they hey they still have IO, so that could yeah. be something. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's definitely a lot, uh, but at the same time, it is for Kevin Durant. As much as I just ragged on him like a couple minutes ago about being pathetic and weak, uh, we'd love to have him in Chicago uh, if the you know if the trade works out well. So yeah, Chicago's gonna be a tough one because I figure if if they think the Phoenix offer is pretty light, like they're gonna yeah. they're gonna like just completely scoff at that deal. I mean, I feel like if you had Williams. Kobe, Desomnu, and then you're giving up Ball or maybe DeRozan or something. So, like, the leftover is a Zach Levine, Durant, Vucevic thing. Like, that's not even, yeah. it's not even like super sexy, but, but it's like, you know, if you're just going to look at Phoenix, because Phoenix to me, like, that's a good deal. Like, you can get Cam Johnson, you can get Aiton on a sign trade, and you can get uh, Mikel Bridges, who, like, I think is seriously underrated, and you get some picks, like, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Um, and you get, you know, Durant to somewhere he wants to go. Like it'll give them the green light on that one. Plus you still got Kyrie to play with on a one year. Like, I don't know if, uh, you had any thoughts on Kyrie and where this is ending, but like, I just don't see a, like much of a scenario where like Brooklyn's going to like look over to Los Angeles and say, yeah, you want to get rid of Russell Westbrook? Like we'll take him. Here's <laughs> Kyrie Irving, you know, like let's make yeah. this work, you know? I would be so against Kyrie Irving um, getting what he it. wants. Tell me this. about it. Yeah, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I, I, I would be going through the Rolodex of Russian teams. I would just go through the Russian international team and I'd be like, oh. who, who do you guys got? Perkovic? You got who, who you got? Don Dontovich over there. Okay. Yeah. We got this guy named Kyrie. Do you want him? Like he, he says he loves Moscow. I would like, Seriously, like <laughs> this is Ben Simmons 2.0 this year. I'm telling you right now. Um, unless like, yeah. some team that we haven't heard about yet, minus LA, because I just can't see a scenario where Brooklyn's like, we're gonna give you everything you want. We're gonna take that LA package, like make it fit for LeBron and Co. Like, man, I I will just have to be. It'll it'll just have to make a ton of sense to me. But like, if he gets. Yeah if they get strong armed and he goes to LA, like through whatever deal they orchestrate, like I'll be pretty disappointed for, for morale purposes. But um, yeah, I mean, I think my, I guess my one thought is like, if you do part with Katie and Kyrie, I think the Nets have a lot to look forward to. Like mm-hmm. it might take a while, but like in the same sense, like I think if you reload recharge, like 
you didn't miss out on much last year. You lost in the first round. You got swept in the first round. So it's not like it's not like you're losing a you know uh, a team that just won the finals or something. Like you're 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 losing two guys that are pretty. You know, I like Katie. Like I, I like Katie to a certain extent. Like I think he's somebody you can trust. I think he's somebody who's like got a championship pedigree. He's like obviously a gamer. He, he plays great basketball. But there is something upstairs with him. Where I'm like, I don't know. He he just makes like. You know, he just he seems a little mature. Uh Kyrie, completely immature. Uh, I hope he gets nothing that he wants. Um, I hope he goes to Charlotte next year for like <laughs> like maybe maybe after like Miles Bridges clears his uh domestic violence case, like oh, maybe man. you could do like a Miles Bridges sign and trade with Kyrie, just like these dirty, like bad contract, like poor sport types where you just don't want him in your in your clubhouse or whatever, but like I, I don't know. Like, do, do you have any? Are we switching off of KD now and going completely into Kyrie? Like, I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I triggered you. Playing <laughs> Kyrie Irving on here. Yeah. I'm like, I, I know you're triggered. I know you're triggered. But it just you brought up Russia. I was like, you know what? You know who? You know who we who we need to bring back home? What player we need to bring back home from Russia? It's Brittany Griner. So hey, yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh man, that's a that's a big uh, can of worms there. I yeah, no, for sure. All geopolitical, yeah. but um, bring her home. Bring her home. Seriously, bring her home, it's marijuana man. at the airport. Come on. Yeah, let's well, we're better see. than that. Yeah, come on. Uh, I know it's this whole Russia and all that fun stuff, and like, oh, it's a different. You know, you got to know the the legalities of a different country, but it's like, come on, this is such a publicized thing. Like, isn't this what it's all about? And then getting, you know, all the resources to get somebody home that for some crime. That's like, is that it? Okay. Let's bring them home. You didn't kill anybody, whatever. So, um, yeah, bring her home. Take hey, Kyrie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Grinder for Kyrie. Oh man, this is uh yeah, we're in cancel territory with this kind of conversation, but uh yeah, not in that... Russia, not in Russia. No, no, that, yeah. that's a good swap, actually. <laughs> give us Grinder back, we'll give you Kyrie. <laughs> that's pretty good, man. That, that, that'll, that'll probably go oh, I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah, 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 for sure. Put it on the Instagram story. But um, yeah, no, I, I definitely if I'm the nuts, I'm like Fuck it, I can't please anybody. So I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let you all go. I'm gonna just we're just gonna get a bunch of assets, as much as many assets as we can, and I kind of go from there. Like that's probably what I would do if I were the Nets, because um, you know, we, the the highest paid player we have right now, I think they exercise a contract or a, a the player option for Kyrie, right? He exercised it, so it's like he's gonna stay there, right? So um, you know, unless they figure out some sort of trade situation with him too, but it's like you know, that's that's going to be somebody else's issue or problem. And who knows what, what, what they can do with that. But if they if they find a willing taker to get him, get some first round draft pick capital or a young, young player, then yeah, like go for it. Um, Just, just let it all loose. And then, you know, have Steve Nash coach, uh, coach a bunch of youngins and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really, you know, I think to take a step back from both those guys, it's like, just going back to the Brooklyn like management mm. team, it's like seriously for my own peace of mind, after going through what they went through last year, like across the board with like those three guys, you know, and, and nothing against KD really. I mean, he, he was injured for a little bit, but like, you know, he, he did his thing. He did his thing all year and he just kind of got shafted by, you know, the guys that were a part of that, you know, quote unquote super team. But it's like, 
yeah, to go into this off season, kind of be like strong armed the entire way through, I'd be just so fed up. Like if I was the owner, if I was the GM, I would just be like, look, I'd just rather put you on the block and like, just see what I can get for you. Because literally if you have those two coming back, like, let's say, you know, they went through all those hassles. Like there's a lot of like animosity all off season. You walk in with that, like that whole core, like we're looking at probably like another first round, second round exit with that team. Cause mm-hmm. it's just like the right, the right chemistry, the right mix, you know, and you need some leadership. Like leadership mm-hmm. is so like underappreciated when it just comes to like weighing talent versus like what they actually bring to a basketball team, like what they do for the 15 guys that suit up. It's like, you know, it's just, um, I think the Brooklyn Nets will be better off long-term and, uh, you know, I hope they max out on both those guys and get some good pieces back and are like back in it because, you know, before they got Katie and Kyrie, like the Brooklyn Nets were a really exciting team. Like, and they had like Dinwiddie and Russell and they had Joe Harris and they had like, just, you go down the line, you know, Karis LeVert was, was a really good, um, you know, piece for them. It was kind of like a really exciting team and it just got like completely crapped on, you know, I just kind of feel like terrible for them as a franchise and for their fans. Cause it's like, I could imagine being that excited to see all these stars show up. And it's just like, they give you that. And you're just like, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> good, good seeing you. Like now we're going to trade you. We're going to, you know, you want to leave us now. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man, they just got the, they just got wronged in that situation. So I hope they really get what they need and they, they bounce back in a few years here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, if they were all to stay for some magical, uh, some some magical thing happens that I'll stay. I feel like they need like a like I, I I don't know. I feel like they need like a like a Phil Jackson of some sort figure to just be like uh to help manage all that all that talent, but then all those egos and all those, mm-hmm. I don't know, prima donnas, if you will, there. It's just I mean, that's where it's like, I don't know if uh, Steve Nash is like that type of guy, but I mean in in a way he is. I know he's very like I've heard him talk and all that. He's very West Coast, like, you know, has a uh plays soccer and does like skate you know skateboards and stuff like that so i don't know maybe maybe he does i'm just not getting enough credit but uh i I just feel like they need somebody just like kind of be that general and be like calling them out and like hey you know you 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 can be you and that's great but then come here to play let's let's bring it to the table and and, and things of that nature we need to be building up that chemistry we need to be building up this team uh to win championships so because that's what's expected from us so um, but yeah, I, I, I would like to, if I were them, I just blow it up and start over and see what else we can do with all the, the picks that we can get there. But yeah, um, I did want to bring up one cause you brought up the Clippers and actually got me thinking sure. there yeah. it was, uh, uh, I, this was, it happened very late. I think yesterday, uh, with John wall, uh, uh, going to the Clippers now. I think is what what's being said. So, uh, I mean, I I really like that. It, it's such a. I think it's a really good fit. Um, you know, uh, I, I think Wall he his shooting percentage was like around uh, just under forty percent for spot up threes. So he can definitely do that. And he's only getting older. So, um, but he's he's a really good defender. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he if he starts versus Reggie Jackson. I think Reggie Jackson's like a year or two older so um but you know having a wall i think is such a great uh asset for them especially if they're all healthy i mean it's a key thing right if they're all healthy 
because Wall hasn't played. I think he played like 40 games the past three seasons or something like that. Mm. Um, so I know last year was a little bit weird. I think, yeah, him and Houston were just like, hey, uh, you want to just like sit down and chill? It's like, yeah, all right, let's let's go tank. Uh, I, I think was the understanding there. So if that's the case, then okay, cool. But um, Wall to the Clippers, I think is great. If you can provide like 80, 90% of what he was before, I think that is a huge win for the Clippers, even maybe a little bit less than that, um, especially when they have, if Kyrie, or not Kyrie, <laughs> Kawhi and uh, Paul George um, are are healthy and you know available and playing. So if that's the case, it's great. I, I think the Clippers with now with what they're doing is setting themselves up for a championship run um, again if they can all be healthy and available. So yeah. yeah, that's a big if to me. It's like I know a lot of people have like kind of put the Clippers in their top five power rankings for next year, and it's like I'm with you. I want to be with you. It's just if it isn't Kawhi, is it going to be PG or you know if it's Wall, you know it's going to is Wall going to go down next year? And it's like, but beyond that, I mean, just looking at their depth, like they've got a lot of really great depth pieces too, like Norman Powell and Robert Covington and Luke Kennard, and they just resigned uh, Mir Coffee today. It's like you get on that line, like that's that's getting to be like a really deep team, and you know they add you know one or more pieces to that team, like. They're in it. Like, they're totally in it next year. Like, it'll be fun to see. I mean, they almost kind of, you know, I thought Denver made a kind of a head-scratching move uh, in a trade yesterday when they gave up uh, Monte Morris, um, Will Barton, and they got back uh, KCP from from Washington. But uh, I kind of compare Los Angeles to Denver in that, in that way just because it's like we're kind of all waiting on Denver to be fully together with uh, Jamal Murray and, you know, Michael Porter Jr. and 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 uh, the Joker, but it's like those two teams to me. I'm kind of like I want to be in, but I got to know that like it's all going to work out for you know the course of the season. But uh, but yeah, um, totally excited about what it could be, uh, especially with Kawhi back. Um, those would be fun to see him again. Honestly, like as quiet yeah. as the guy is, it's like you know he's such a great basketball player. It'll be fun to watch like them push um, you know their way into the playoffs, but. Um, yeah, it's getting pretty top heavy out west, and um, you know, depending on where Durant lands, like it should be a pretty a pretty interesting battle uh, going into next season. Because you know we saw you know Golden State, Phoenix has been there, Memphis is like on the rise. Like you had the Clippers in Denver back. It's like that's that's a pretty stout Western Conference. Uh, you know, you know, shaping up out there so far. Yeah, for sure. Um... And I think I'm looking at some Eastern signings here. Uh, how about those Bucks? Uh, I think they got some re-signed some solid pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Portis, and then uh, you know another like uh, a d- defensive three-point shooting white guy, Joe Ingles. So <laughs> you know, I, I I mean, I think I like the signing. I like the signing. I think it's good for them. Um, and it, I think they both those players kind of fit the mold of what the Bucks are all about, with like good space, uh, uh, floor spacing, three point shooting, and just hard nosed playing. So I really like Joe Ingles at the Bucks. I feel like him and Grayson Allen on the same team, or whatever. Uh, that's just that's just funny. So Man, yeah. introducing an Aussie to Milwaukee, like the land of beer, like <laughs> yeah. just just doesn't sound good. There might be some off the floor stuff we worry about with Ingles, like. 
you know, halfway through the year. But I uh, mean, yeah, he was in yeah. Utah. He was in Utah. <laughs> it was like pretty dry out there. <laughs> and then he was he was crying at uh, he was crying in Portland when he like walked over to the Voodoo Donuts. Like he's probably like, man, get me out of here. Where the hell am I? This isn't for me. But uh, Rudy Pebbles on a donut for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, shout out Voodoo Donuts. Those are really really good. Uh, the maple bacon bar, especially. Um, but no, they they also got. Uh, Pat Connaughton back and uh, West mm-hmm. Matt. Like, I just think, you know, that's a good, like, veteran squad um, around Giannis. It's like Giannis is is going to be him, and then you've got you've got all the pieces in place. Like, I don't know how much more they really need to do to, like, be back in contention. Like, I think they're probably, like, the favorites out, out east again, I would say. Like, we'll see how Boston bounce, bounces back after the finals uh, showing. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. I thought that right off the bat they were making moves so you know they're they're cementing their their place in the eastern conference too um i don't know were there any other like free agent signings that you thought were were interesting or like head scratching or are there any like more to come or trades to come that you think like could be super important for the league I mean, there's certainly going to be a lot more trades coming, <laughs> apparently, uh, with KD and then probably like with Rudy Gobert, where he goes and lands. And then, you know, uh, I mean, the Lakers, they're getting younger, it looks like, which I'm like, great. You know, they can only get so many like Carmelo Anthony's on their teams and all that. So, um, you know, I don't know if it came from LeBron or whoever, but I think that's a smart move. Just get younger and more athletic, get those hungry players out there. So, um and then uh, PJ Tucker to the 76ers, I think, is a great sign. Guy's 37, but like he knows he knows his place on an NBA roster. It's like I'm just gonna be tough, and I'm gonna sit in the corner and shoot threes. Like that's it. And then buy a bunch of shoes. Uh, like that's his whole thing. So I, I kind of get when a, like a baseball player signs a three year deal when they're 37, but basketball is like <laughs> real head scratching. Like I could see a reliever getting a three year deal at 37. He, he knows how to pace himself. <laughs> He yeah. knows how to pace himself. <laughs> he, he switches shoes every game or whatever. So, yeah, okay. just sit in the corner and then guard, you know, Kevin Durant. Like, sit in the corner, shoot threes, guard Kevin Durant or, or whoever, Giannis, or, what you know, the best player uh, on the other team. That, that's just where you put all your effort. And then, yeah, shoot threes on in the corner. Like, that's it. Um, and he's made a good career out of it and bought a lot of shoes out of it. So, you know. That's 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 quite a life, I feel like, for uh, PJ Tucker there. Um, and then also with the 76ers, too, with uh, uh, Harden, uh, your, your other trigger warning, I believe, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, like Harden, I, I think he like did something that was very team friendly, right? Um, so, you know, kudos to him. Uh, you know, it, it opens up the door for them to sign more players, more other talent and everything, you know, maybe another star name potentially. So. You know, hey, that could be something that 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 brings in um, some other talent. Uh, you know, who knows who, who that person might be, but I think that's a that's that's a great move uh, on on their end. It shows that he's serious about you know potentially winning a championship because yeah, his window is closing for sure. He's made a bunch of money, you know, thanks to the Rockets and the Nets and all that. Um, so it's like, okay, he's good now. Now it's like, all right, maybe I want the chip now, uh, and I got Embiid there and. You know, they, they, they do have some assets, you know, with Maxi as well. Uh, so who knows what they can do with regards to this offseason uh, to set themselves up for a championship run uh, next season. But, um, yeah, you, curious, any thoughts on 
on your boy Harden and doing all that or, or, or anything the 76ers are doing? We, ta- we talked about this last episode. Have we ever seen a guy who we've kind of painted as selfish or, um, you know, just, just not willing to really commit? Um, James Harden's obviously on that list, but with, with talks like that where you're like, hey, I'm going to give money back to make this team better, like, now you got to, I, I got to see it to believe it. But in the same <laughs> sense, I'm like, I like where that's going. And I also saw a video of him doing like a Rocky type work. He was doing some sort of like Rocky workout in Philly with some Philly guys. I was like, okay, James, like, all right, man. Like you, like, like, I don't want to like cancel. Like, I don't want to like just cancel somebody who I don't like if they're willing to make changes. Like if, if James Harden is willing to make changes at his age with all of his accolades, like I will become a James Harden fan potentially, but I have to see it to believe it. So it's like, once it happens, if he signs a, you know, a team friendly deal and who knows, maybe they bring in miles bridges. Maybe they say, you know, we're going to look past this domestic violence thing. Cause we know we can get you on a discount. Like we need to win a championship, come aboard. Like that might be interesting. Philly might be really, really interesting in that sense. But uh, yeah. Um, we'll see what else. I mean, I'm, kind of looking down the free agent list as far as who might be somebody they can plug in. Like, I don't know what Colin Sexton might ask for on the free, you know, free agent market. Like if James opens up cap space for Philly, like could a Colin Sexton be like a really nice piece for them to bring off the bench? Like, would he be willing to do that too? Um, you know, I don't know if they're in the market for like an Aiton or a Nurkic or a Mitchell Robinson. Um, mm-hmm. You know, is it, is a DiVincenzo, enough to get them like is that a sexy signing for them like it's a good depth piece but i don't, I don't really know so uh yeah you know oh. i think philly philly is interesting it's just maybe they're just not my favorite eastern conference team off the at the top of the list off the bat like i think i'd take a couple other eastern conference teams before them no for sure i mean i i definitely like uh going into next season you know i for me at least it's like box uh uh, the Celtics, um, probably Miami. I still have to see what what they want to do uh, mm-hmm. with Hero if they want to keep him and you know kind of kind of how they shape up, uh, you know. But we'll see. They they they've always these past couple of years like they're only getting older in terms of you know with Butler and and Lowry right. So who didn't really show up this this uh, playoffs? So um, but yeah, it's for me at least. You know, my favorites coming out of the East next year are probably going to be. The Bucks I like the moves that they're making right now, um, and you know Middleton just got hurt. I, that was just a big thing for you know the them this in the playoffs. If he doesn't get hurt, I think that changes the the series. In, in all honesty, so um, so I just saw apparently uh, that Andre Drummond is joining the the Bulls. So nice. All right. Hey, yeah. that's a good signing for us. I like yeah. That. Yeah. I love that yeah. signing. I think that's great. And then I know there's honestly some like Gallinari. I, I don't know if uh, that's finalized or anything like that, but I, I think there's a lot of rumors of him going to the Bulls too. So if that's the case, I think uh, that is a great haul. So, you know, kudos uh, over to AK for signing those players. Uh, if, if it is true that Gallinari, that I'm seeing like conflicting things there, but it looks like he's pretty much, or he's very much highly rumored to be there <laughs> doing the Bulls. But Andre Drummond looks like, uh, I think Lodge or somebody reported it. So um, that I think is a great signing. They 
Bulls were like one of the worst rebounding teams last season and interior defense suffered too. So um, that definitely isn't Vucevic's uh, strength. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's a great setting overall. So I agree. I've always liked Drummond. Um, I don't think he ever really got the respect he deserved. I mean, that guy was averaging like 17 and like 16 at certain points at Detroit. And that wasn't too long ago. I mean, even when he was with the Cleveland Cavs, he was averaging like 17, 10, if I could, you know, pull it up. He's almost like a DeAndre Ayton. And I think he's, I think he's only like 28 years old or something. Like he looks like he's 35, but he's like 28. I'm like, how has this guy been just like relegated to, you know, mid-level exception status. And he's putting up numbers like that when he gets full minutes, it's just, maybe it's just the uh, trend of the NBA, but I think he's a, definitely an upgrade from like a Tony Bradley type for us off the bench, or if he's starting with Pat, um, you know, Williams on the, on the wing, like that'll be a nice fun, you know, change up where you have a guy rebounding, you have like four, you know, fast breaking wings and guards. And I mean, I'm excited for the bulls. I think that's a, that's a great fit. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited. I, that is an excellent fit. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely is to this whole, uh, like if Andre Drummond was, like playing in the 90s or something like that like you would be an all-star like perennially and everything just because like you know, he does kind of play like in a way like like a smaller shack <laughs> that's i mean the guy's 6'10 and 280 and i'm saying he's smaller and all that than another human being but yeah comparing him to shack in that sense and that you know really dominates around uh around the paint area sucks at free throws but you know, uh, excellent at dogs rebounding and blocking and um, has a nice touch around the rim. So, yeah, if, if it was any other era, uh, he would be he would be a perennial all star just killing it. But not not a not a jump shooter doesn't have a shot. Um, yeah, it, it. I think him and like Julio Okafor, like two of the players I think of, like what would happen if if it was a different kind of NBA, if it was more than 90s basketball NBA. Um uh, with those players, I think Julie Okafor was like, he has like some of the best post moves I've seen and, and all that, like very Tim Duncan ish. Uh, but then you know, just can't fit into the modern day NBA. Uh, mm. it's such a struggle there. So, um, but yeah, excellent signing for Drummond. We'll see about Gallinari. Uh, but if they are able to get him, I think that's a hell of off season so far. Uh, uh, for a haul for the Bulls, who you know. You know, they struggled in the front court, I feel like. And who knows what happens with Patrick Williams if he's going to be fully healthy. Hopefully he will be, takes those next steps. But I think that this is, uh, if you know, Drummond itself, I think, is a great signing. So, and then hopefully we get Gallinari. But yeah. Yeah. Some insurance, some insurance at the very least. Like if, if mm-hmm. Williams was to go down, you know, it'd be a little clunky with maybe uh, Vucevic and uh, Drummond down low. But, who knows? Maybe you can go small ball with one of those two bigs and you got some backup for Pat Williams, which is really nice. Um, there is one trade that I has been top of mind for me as far as like one that I could definitely see happening this off season, just what's been kind of rumored and speculated, but uh, you know, seeing uh, the Utah jazz and the Miami heat make a, make a deal with Donovan Mitchell. I think from what I've heard, like he really, really wants to play in Miami. Um, you know, Dwayne Wade's a part owner of the Utah Jazz, so maybe like he's gotten in his ear like he did Jimmy Butler's while he's in Chicago's. But I just see this one going down. Like if you got, if you're able to like dangle Don Mitchell, and if you're the Heat, you're able to like 
pretty much send back like Tyler Hero, uh, Duncan Robinson. Um, you know, maybe there's some other pieces you could put in there, maybe some picks, some of the sort. Uh, I feel like that would be a, a, a nice swap. I mean, I feel like like Mitchell is obviously a great player. Um, he's a little undersized, at least for a shooting guard. Uh, I think he'd fit in really well with Miami and like their culture. Um, on the flip side for Utah, like looking for guys that might stay long term. Like if if you made Hero like the centerpiece of your offense, your team, like I think he would sign long term. And I think he'd be the type of guy to stay a little bit longer. Like now I think he's like flashy enough to be a Miami guy, but in the same sense, like I could see him committing if he knew like he was part of he was a permanent solution type guy, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what else they've got to play with. I feel like Miami might be a little light on that side of the deal, but um, we'll have to see. But I just heard, I've heard a lot of like build up and speculation about Don Mitchell wanting to move, you know, get moved still. And, you know, Rudy Gobert has obviously been like talked about in a lot of different scenarios, but uh, I could definitely see that one happening. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, with uh, I, I think Donovan Mitchell's most common comparison is Dwayne Wade, right? Just you know, a little bit smaller and longer arms, I think, right? So, but you know, he does play that that Miami Heat style. I think he would totally fit in. Um, it just would be a matter of assets that the Heat are willing to offer, and does that match what the uh, Utah Jazz are willing to to accept for a talent like Donovan Mitchell? So. Um, Totally makes sense from a talent perspective, but yeah, if they are able to somehow conjure up some like yeah, Tower Hero or you know, factor in Lowry in there, maybe I don't know what the draft capital looks like. If they are able to offer several draft first rounders there, great. But um, I think something like that, maybe, but you know, compared to what other teams can offer, that that's the question, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, in terms of a fit, though, that's it, it would definitely make sense. I feel like a lot of players like a Donovan Mitchell. It's like, yeah, that they would be awesome in Miami if they ever get that chance. Uh, which fortunately, you see like a player like Jimmy Butler, like that's just where they excel. So, um, yeah, but no, yeah, I, I like that. I like that idea though. So, was there anything else on your list as far as what we can expect over the next uh, days or weeks uh, with free agency or? Yeah, I don't know, but I see Lou Dort just got a five-year, $87 million deal from OKC, it looks like. So, um, At least they're spending money. I mean, I'm glad they're just not, like, flipping him for more first-round picks, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least they're, like, committing to somebody. <laughs> well, I no, I mean, honestly, it's cool. And Lou Dort, like, he's, like, a 6'3 forward, which is, like, not really a, I mean, today's NBA, like, that's, like, you know, hey, whatever. But um, – Hey, kudos for him pulling that off. You know, didn't really come with a lot of accolades or anything like that. Really worked his butt off and hey, got a nice, got the bag, secured the bag for that. So, um, no, that's a cool deal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. In terms of like other deals, I don't know, but I'm just looking forward to seeing who's trending and all the wash bombs and uh, seeing all the controversy uh, just so, uh, come about and all the memes too so that's what i'm excited about um but no nah, i don't know uh i i will be excited too to uh on uh gary payton uh see what happens to him i think that's one uh guy worked his butt off and you know proved to be a valuable asset he was getting good minutes for a championship team was guarding like forwards and stuff like that i mean he's you know, kind of more so of a guard so 
really showed up in the playoffs and hey kudos to him worked his butt off um and is making a name for his own so yeah yeah i'm with you i mean this is like one of my favorite times of year for any of the major three sports i think it's like the second the free agency hits and you got all this like flurry of trades and signings like it's it's a whole lot of fun um a little underwhelming this year i feel like there's been a lot of like you know, guys that just resigned with their teams or <laughs> just kind of went back, you know, just kind of like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's just, uh, let's just run it back. And it kind of seemed like, I don't know, some of the air has been taken out of this free agency period, but I think this year we'll see, you know, just a ton of trades. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think once it starts, it could snowball uh, pretty quickly because you don't just trade guys like Katie and Kyrie every off season. So I think like there might be some secondary deals that go down to, or, you know, reaction to those uh, deals that'll, you know, get a lot of attention. So I'll be tracking it. I'm sure Wayne uh, will be too. Um, I didn't have anything else left to cover for this episode, but uh, if you have any like parting thoughts or last ideas, like throw them out there. Yeah. I mean, let's see. Uh, go Bulls. That's all. <laughs> Hopefully we get Gallinari and I don't know what money cap we have left, but let's, uh, let's get some, let's get a good haul out there. Uh, KD, yeah, if you're watching, uh, join the Bulls, see what you can do, you know, be cheap, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that's all I could probably say about that. But, um, yeah, let's get uh, let's get Brittany Griner back, you know. <laughs> Bring her back, man. This is this is ridiculous. But, uh, yeah. no, in all seriousness, it's really ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, bring her back. So, uh, cool. all right, man. Well, good times. Uh, I'm sure we'll catch up pretty soon. And, uh, Yeah, for for Wayne, uh, I'm Patrick. This has been the Ball and Breakfast Podcast.